Cool. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit here this morning. I thank you that you're doing something wonderful in our hearts. Though we can't see it, maybe we can't even feel it, we can't hear it, but Lord, there is faith in us to know that you are always at work within us. So Lord, I pray that as I speak this morning, that you speak powerfully into the lives of your people, that hearts are changed, minds are changed, that lives are changed, health situations where they're having a bad report, that those things are turned around. And Father, I thank you that you are building your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And we declare this and decree this over us and this region in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. So, um, I'm going to be continuing this morning with a series that I've been doing for uh, the last four weeks. Uh, today is the fifth week, I think. Um, it's part five, so I'm going to assume that that's the fifth week that we're doing this. Um, I, I was done teached proper, um, so I can count just. Um, so the, the title of this series is called Resurrection Life, and it comes about really as, as my preparation for getting ready for the Easter services. I was reading a particular piece of scripture out of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 to 5 where it says that God gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And I began to ask myself, what sort of life did, did God give to us when he raised Christ from the dead? And I have come to the conclusion that it's a resurrection life. So I want to know really, what does a resurrection life look like? What does it sound like? What is it, what's it like to live a re- resurrection life? You know, uh, how's that going to affect my community? How's it going to affect my family? How's it going to affect my, my workplace by living a resurrection life? And I, I come to the conclusion again, I've come to a lot of conclusions in this series, uh, and that's just in my introduction. So um, did you, don't worry about it. Um, okay, um, so it's just this, the conclusion is that the life that, that Christ has got for us is beyond our wildest imagination. And in, 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 in Scripture, it actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived or imagined what Christ has prepared for those who love him. And you know what? I see a, a, a room full of people who love God. And I want to tell you right now, you've got no clue. You've got no clue what God has prepared for you. Good things, great things. You know, the Bible says that he's, he's got great plans for our life, plans to see us succeed, overcome, live a victorious life, live a resurrection life. So this morning, I, using, I guess, the word life, L-I-F-E, I've been doing uh, some uh, parts to this, this series. Uh, and the first time we looked at it was living in, in faith every day. Then we looked at living in freedom every day. And for the last two to, two to three weeks to three weeks today, we've been looking at living in fruitfulness every day. And this morning, I really want to continue in that whole theme about living in fruitfulness. And we've looked at uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, really is, I guess, the text from where we started to understand uh, the different aspects and the process that I believe that, that Christians go on in this, this whole deal about being fruitful in life. Uh, you know, we've, we've looked at uh, sanctified fruit. We've looked at seasoned fruit. And this morning, we're going to be looking at significant fruit. Just to give you a, 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 a bit of a fill-in, I guess, or uh, to bring you up to speed, 
That first stage where we talked about uh, something that I call sanctified fruit, it's where we're born again. We are grafted into the, the vine that is Jesus. You know, Jesus is the vine. My father is the, the gardener. I want to tell you right now that as a part of the Christian life, you couldn't be in any greater care than the father's care. His love and his attention, his, his attention to detail in, in looking after uh, the vine is absolutely second to none. He's the one that originally created the Garden of Eden. So when we understand that he's the one that's going to be caring for us, well, you're in good hands. You're in good hands. And knowing that this, this sanctified fruit, uh, is the fruit is, is, is purity, it's holiness, it's being blameless. Because that's the DNA of Jesus. We've been transformed transported or transformed in from one, or translated from one kingdom into another kingdom. We were of the kingdom of darkness, now we're the kingdom of the, the son that he loves. So we're a part of that now, we're a, uh, in, engrafted into that vine. Uh, it's where you know, we move into this whole area then of going into seasoned fruit. And that's where it's, it's the fruit that's produced in us as we grow and mature in life. It's the fruit that, that is produced in us over time and through circumstances. It's, it's where Christ follows, followers, we, we grow in faith, our roots go deeper, our branches grow thicker and stronger, and which enables us to bear more fruit and abundance of fruit. And it's, it's this whole area of being seasoned, it's being strengthened, it's being mature uh, to the things that, that God wants to build and construct in our lives. And a sapling can't produce an abundance of fruit because it's not strong enough. But seasoned fruit, a seasoned tree, a, a mature tree, can wear and bear more fruit because it's able to. It's stronger. It's thicker. Some people say, I'm really thick, but cool. That was a joke, by the way. God wants us to be fruitful. He wants our lives to bear an abundance of fruit. However, I, I believe that he wants his fruitfulness not to stop with us. He wants our fruitfulness to go into another dimension, another realm in life. And that's where it's a fruit that lasts. There's a, a sanctified fruit, there's a seasoned fruit, which is an abundance of fruit, but then there's a fruit that lasts. There's a fruit that God wants to, to last in us. It doesn't spoil, it lasts the test of time, and that's what God wants to, to do in us. So I'm going to just going to read a short passage of Scripture in um, John chapter 15, verses 9 through to 17, and this is what it says. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Yeah. When we're filled with his joy, you know, you can't contain his joy. It's just going to bubble out of you. It's just going to overflow into your life. And that's the sort of life I want. It's a resurrection life. It says, uh, you, yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. That's, that's the passage that we're going to be spending a little bit of time in this morning. It's where Jesus gives us this command to love each other. Love each other. Loving each other is actually the fruit 
part of the fruit of being seasoned. Because some people just aren't loving. It's hard to love some people. I don't know if you've ever met that person. Don't look at the person next to you right now. Okay? Sometimes it's really hard to love people. They, they just do stuff that's dumb. They do stuff that hurts you. They do stuff that betrays you. And it's really hard to How do you love those people? Well, Jesus actually told us those are the sorts of people we've got to be praying for and, and asking God's blessing in their life and stuff. How do you do that? Well, you've got to love them. Got to, how, did you, how did I get to be going to heaven? Because I can tell you now, I wasn't doing stuff that pleased God. When he died for me and took on in his, his body all of my sinfulness. He loved me enough, though, that he did that. He saw past my sinfulness to the potential of my life and, and being with him in glory. And the same goes for all of us here this morning. So Jesus spoke a number of times about the, uh, the, the commandments of old when he was walking the earth, about what the Father had said to his people throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus summed up all of those commandments when in two sentences, and he simply said, love God, love people. That's what you've got to do. That's the commandments that Jesus gives to us today. He actually says in Matthew 22, verse 40, that all the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. Everything God did and said was aimed at us loving him and loving each other. All of the Old Testament was pointing to a time where the greatest act of sacrificial love would be born out in the person of Jesus. And Jesus would be the demonstration of God's love to the earth. And this is what he's done. This is how he's lived. This is what he's wanting us to do in this whole area. Even the times that Jesus gave it as a command, to, it was to either to deliver a person from sickness, disease or demonic influence and the command to love God and to love each other. Jesus wants us to love each other in the same way that he's loved us. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever actually sat down and said to yourself, what does that mean for me to love people like Christ has loved me? That neighbor that's playing his rock music at two o'clock in the morning, and all you can hear is the bass. And you can hear it and feel it right in the chest. That dog next door, that thinks it's an Alsatian, but is the size of a peewee. But it just likes to talk a lot. That's just saying hello at three o'clock in the morning. How, how do we love like Christ loves us? My life has been changed forever. Eternally changed because of the love of God. My family will never be the same again because of the love of God. The fruit that Jesus has sown into me won't spoil or decay because it's going to live forever in and through my life. It's a fruit that lasts. Jesus, without doubt, lived the most significant life in the history of the world. I don't know of any other person that has so significantly impacted our world as Jesus has. He did it by living a life of fulfillment, by fulfilling the purpose for his life. His, that his life would live in our life. Do you understand that? This is what the Bible teaches us. It says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where Paul is talking to the church in Galatia, he says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that lives, 
but Christ who lives in me. This is the, the eternal lasting fruit of Jesus' life is that his life lives in me and it goes on beyond his natural... Like we're 2,000 plus years later and Jesus' life is still producing fruit today from what he did when he walked the earth. That's a fruit that lasts. That's the fruit that God wants to produce in all of us. As we are led by His Spirit, as we are filled by His Spirit, God the Father wants the fruit of Jesus' life to perpetually, continually reproduce and multiply around the earth. In fact, He's he's willing that none should perish, but that all should come to an everlasting life. That tells me that I've got a responsibility to live beyond myself. I've got a responsibility if I want to live a life of fulfillment, that fulfillment comes in fulfilling the lives of others and helping them to live a significant life. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I won't. Living a resurrection life is living a life that produces significant fruit, a fruit that lasts beyond our lives and lives in the lives of someone else. In other words, we do something, we say something, we we construct something, we develop something, we do something, we create even something in some way that lives beyond ourselves. It's leaving a legacy in the life of someone else. That's why we've got a responsibility to do the best that we can in raising our children and our grandchildren. That's why we've got a responsibility to shine the light of Jesus to the world around about us because that may be the only way that they're ever going to see or experience God in their life. Am I in the right church this morning? We're no longer to, to live to please ourselves, but we live to please the one. We live to, to, to live our lives in such a way that we give glory to God by the way that we live and the way that we interact with the people in and around about us. The one who loves us and gave himself for us is the one that we are living for. I believe that Jesus wants our lives to have purpose and meaning and, and have that in ourselves. But I believe that God wants us to have so much more than just living for ourselves. Do you believe that this morning? He wants us to live lives that are fulfilled and that only happens when we invest, we help, we sow, and we speak into the lives of other people around about us. Church, if it's still only about us, then I think that we've missed the significant part of the gospel message. If life is still just about me, myself, and I, then we've missed the message somehow. We've we've got a wrong message. There's been a disconnect somehow. Because when I read the Bible, I don't read that life is all about me. I think it was, um, oh, what's that guy's name? The preacher who wrote the book, uh, Saddleback, Rick Warren. Uh, Rick Warren, the the opening sentence in one of his books was, you need to understand life's not all about you. (laughs) That was the opening sentence in his book. I can't remember what the book was called, but it's a good book. (laughs) Purpose Driven Life. Thank you very much. I knew that someone would have remembered that. You know what? The community garden, the last time we had a talk there, we had a talk on a herb that we're growing down in the the garden there that helps memory. I can't remember the talk, but it was a really good talk. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom. (laughs) 
1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 2, it talks about speaking the languages of the earth, having a faith that moves mountains, and sacrificing everything. But if it's not done in love for others, then we've missed the whole point of speaking, believing, and giving stuff up. We've gained nothing. There's no fruit in it. There's certainly no fruit that lasts. It revolves around love. It revolves around doing things for other people with a pure motive. It's a significant fruit is a fruit that continues to grow and produce fruit in the lives of others. It's a fruit that lasts. It doesn't spoil, but it continues to grow in others. So turn to the person next to you. If you don't have anyone next to you, just across the aisle. What do I need to know about producing fruit that lasts? Ask them that. What do I need to know about producing fruit that lasts? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Here comes the answer. You ready for the answer? John 15 verse 16. We've already read it this morning already. The verse says this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I I, I love this. We think that, oh, I I chose God. I gave my heart to Jesus. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how it worked out. God's chosen us and he's had his hand upon our lives as he does with the world around about us, and he says, you, I'm going to take you on a journey, and you're going to discover me. You're going to discover, you're going to think you discover me, but no, I've already, I've seen you, and I've chosen you, and I've appointed you. You've been chosen. I've been chosen. We've been chosen. He chose us, and he knows what he's getting. He created us, He saw us. He knows us. He knows what he's getting. And I've got to tell you, it's a great deal. He is getting people that are unique, that are precious, that are valuable, that are gifted, that have strengths. They're not perfect. They do stuff that sometimes isn't in their best interests. But he chose you. Regardless of everything that's going on in your life, regardless of the, the things that you don't see, uh, that, uh, that you don't have in your own life, that you see in someone else that you wish you had, well, they're wishing that they had stuff from your life in their life too. But don't let that be the, the, the common denominator or don't let that rule your life. Let it be something that actually says, you know what, God, even so, I'm still going to praise you. Even so, I'm still going to give myself to you and, and serve you in whatever I'm doing. God knows what he's getting. Can I say to you this morning that you have no idea what God can do with you if you just let him do it. If you just let him do it. You know, what if we stopped fighting God? What if we stopped wrestling and started nestling? That's very good. What if we got with the program and allowed God to use us in the way that he wants to use us? 
Instead of coming up with all the excuses why, no, God, you can't use me. No, I don't have this gift. No, God, I can't do that gift. I, I can't stand straight. I can't sing to, to hold a, a tune to save my life. I, I can't smile. I can't do it's all sorts of stuff. You know, there's, we come up with all these reasons. We, we sound like Moses. I can't talk. Well, you, got, you want me to go and talk to Pharaoh about releasing these people and, and bringing freedom to them, but I can't talk. How can I go to them and I, I just can't talk, Lord? Well, he gives you a stick. God gives you a stick. You don't have to talk to use a stick. What's God put in your hand already? This morning, I'm asking us to stop fighting God and to start following him. I'm asking us to stop running from him when things go wrong and start, start to run to him. Jesus says he chose us and he appointed us. This word appointed, is, is, it has three components to it. it. It talks about a position, it talks about a time, and it talks about being equipped to do stuff. As, you know, we, we uh, have been appointed to a position. We are children of God. We sang it to, to start the service out. I'm a child of God. There's a specific time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is our time. You're, can I tell you right now? Your time is not when you're dead. That's gone. You've missed your boat. You've, the, the, the ship sailed. Now is our time. We've been created for a purpose. And, to, and, and that purpose is now. It's today. We've been equipped. We've been given everything we need to get the job done. It might be a stick. It might be a tongue. That you can talk with people. It might be a smile. It might be a warm handshake. You might be out of the gift of, of being able to make an apple crumble. A great gift. See, Jesus has appointed us. He's commissioned us. There's a cause behind his commission. See, it's the same commission that he gave us when he ascended to heaven. In Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said, As you go into the world, talk to them about me. Do we see the similarity here between this, this passage that we're looking? It's the same commissioning. It's the same appointment. He said, John, in John 15, 16, he says, I appointed you to, to go. Not to sit, not to, to, you know, everyone, it's all about me. It's about me and me, me, me. No, we've got to go. You've got to go. It, it's great to produce fruit. It's great to produce an abundance of fruit. Seasoned fruit, a fruit that, uh, of a life that's weathered some storms. It's won some battles. It's walked some miles and it still worships Jesus. That's, that's a seasoned life where you're not jaded, you're not critical, you're not cheesed off at the world and have a chip on your shoulder. If it's one of our chips, oh, they might be all right. They're really good chips, I've got to tell you. They're the best chips in the world. But I'm, I don't think it's the chip I'm talking about really, but don't have a chip on your shoulder. But to have true significance in life is to have the fruit of our lives live in someone else. I'm not talking about giving them an apple and then giving them a recipe for apple crumble. I'm talking about that I'm going to plant seeds that ultimately produce a significant harvest in the life of someone else. I'm talking about planting an apple tree in someone else's life. 
not just giving them an apple. I want to give them the seeds that are going to reproduce things in their own life. I want to give them the ability to create an orchard from which then they too can perpetuate the fruitfulness of their lives in the lives of someone else. They don't just give someone an apple too. They give them seeds that are going to go on and go on and go on. When we were in the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, when we went to Israel, we had the, the opportunity of actually seeing some of the, the olive trees uh, that were in the Garden of Gethsemane. These trees are some 500 to 600 years old. Phenomenally long in, in, in being on this earth. Someone's cared for them. Someone's pruned them. They, they, they're, they're producing fruit well after the person who planted them, ever sowed them into the ground. We've got to go. We're on our way to an appointment. It's a divine appointment. Jesus was on assignment from the Father. John, 1 John 3, 8 says, The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. It says in Luke 19, verses 9 to 10, Salvation, Jesus says, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. In Matthew 20, 28, it says, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to others. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came so that he could find those who are lost so that they can be found. And he, and he serves mankind by laying down his life for mankind. Why did Jesus do that? Jesus' love for the world demanded that he do something about the condition of the world. So Jesus came to the world to give himself for the world. What do we see about the condition of our community? What do we see about the, the condition of life around about us? Are we compelled in some way to make a difference? And I'm not sort of like saying you have to stand on a soapbox on a street corner just preaching Jesus. What I'm saying is, you know, it starts with a cup of water. It starts with serving someone a simple meal. It's, it starts by, by going to visit someone who's crook. It, it it's just a small start. It starts by seeing a need and, and allowing God to develop that within you so that you can start to hear his voice more often. And that God interrupts our world. The trouble with the uh, Christians today is we're, we're too busy. We've got all these time-saving devices, but we're still busy. We've got fast food restaurants, and we're still too busy. We get stuff online so we don't even have to go to the shops, but we're still too busy. I'll leave that alone. Knowing why Jesus gave himself for the world, what does that mean for us? Does God's love demand something of us? And I would suggest, yes, it does. Because it goes on, it says in, in uh, John 15, verses 12 to 13, it says, love each other in the same way that I've loved you. See, his love demands that we produce fruit that lasts. The greatest impact that we can have in someone else's life is not to tell them how to do things better or that they're doing the wrong thing or could you know, we point out all of their faults. The greatest impact that we can have in a person's life, 
The thing that will significantly change their life is to simply love them. To simply love them with the same love that Jesus has loved us. This is how we love each other, by giving up our lives so that others may live. We serve people and we point them to Jesus and Jesus saves them. We don't have to save them. Jesus has already done that when they yield their lives to him. Serving someone, pointing them to Jesus through a simple act of love and kindness is one of the most significant things that we could do. It will leave a lasting impression. When we just stop long enough to hear the cry of someone's heart. We stop long enough just to slow down and say, how are you doing? Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46, it talks about feeding people, giving someone a, 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 a plate of food or a glass of water or visiting them in, in, in prison or hospitality or, or uh, we're clothing them. And Jesus said, when we do this for others, we're actually doing it to him. We're not doing it for him. We're doing it to him. You ever thought about that? What does it mean to do something to Jesus? Smallest act of kindness can be a significant seed in someone's life. The smallest word of encouragement can be a significant seed of strength that someone needs to keep going. I'm sorry, please forgive me for hurting you can be a significant seed of healing. I forgive you can be a significant seed of release to someone else. Can I pray for you? I've heard what you've just said. You know, I'm a Christian man. I believe in the power of prayer and I've just heard the cry of your heart. Would you mind if I prayed for you? It can be a, a significant seed that just meets a need in someone's life. Or you phone someone and you say, I, I phoned you because I was thinking about you and just wanted to let you know that you're on my heart. And is, is, Do you need anything right now? I just, just want to let you know I'm here for you if you've got any needs. can be just a... A significant seed that turns someone's loneliness into a life that embraces others and starts to bring them out of a season of darkness. Here's, here's something. And I know that maybe that's, that's a big ask. You know, reaching out to someone maybe around about that you're living next door to or you're working with, it can be a big ask to, to step out in faith like that. But how about then we make it real easy? You could practice here at Infused Church. You could become a, one of, a part of one of our teams here. And you could be, uh, uh, invest yourself in one of the teams and start to practice those acts of kindness. How about, you know, uh, can, you, can you hold a tune? How about just hanging out with the guys on the stage and, and going to practice and, and doing stuff there? And, and you could actually help someone and sow a significant seed in someone's life by connecting them with God through worship. Are you friendly? How about you just welcome someone to church? They so I've been waiting for you to be here today. I was looking forward to seeing you today. I'm so glad you've made it today. Can you serve in hospitality? Do you love children? Do you love hanging around? Can you tell a children's story? How about being a part of either the Nature Play Group or the, the Connections Play Group on a Wednesday? Even the God Chase is happening right now. It's not a child mining service. We're connecting them with God. We're creating an encounter for our kids. Are you a details person? Do you love how a photocopier just is an amazing machine? 
I mean, it just takes an image here and it spits it out there in multiple forms and it's just as good as the original. Maybe you'd like to be a part of our admin team. You just love social media. You do that sort of stuff. What is it that you're good at? What is it that you can start to practice and, and put into to effect in your world? When it comes to sowing significant seeds in the lives of others, don't get caught short. We're never going to be caught short because we will make sure, or God will make sure, that significant things happen. When, when we are, have a listen to this, because this, this, I, I read this and I, I just, it was a ta da moment, you know, ta da. In John 15, 16, we've read it already. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. In other words, the way that we actually produce this lasting fruit is simply say, Father, I see right here that this person needs healing. I ask you to heal when we come in his name and we start to reach out to produce this lasting fruit, he provides it. It's his resource. It's his ability. It's his power. It's him that does it. It's not me. All I've done is open up a conduit through which God can start to use me. This is to plant the seed. The seed is not in me. The seed is, is in itself in the act of doing something that is a part of my natural DNA wants to help people because I've been engrafted into the vine that's Jesus. And the Father's saying, come on, Gary. I've created you for a purpose. Speak to that person. And as I do, and I see and hear the need, and I say, God, I can't meet this need. But you can. God starts to come. He says, I will give you whatever you ask for in my name so that this is going to produce some lasting fruit. All he needs is someone to step out in faith. He's asking us to step out in faith. To get out of the boat. I said this just a few weeks ago. We all criticized the 11 disciples that didn't get out of the boat, but at least they got in it and off the shore. When we begin to sow significant seed in someone else's life, whatever we need will be given to us for them. Just practice that. No, I'm just... Come on, you can do you can do that. You can do that. It comes in, it goes straight out. Freely I ever received. Freely What was that? What? Freely I've received freely. Grease lightning, baby. I'm not hanging on to this. I'm giving it away. You know why? Because you'll get more. You want to meet greater needs, bigger needs in people's lives and world around about us? Starts with just praying for someone first up. You want to meet a financial need in someone else's life? They need a new car? Just starts with maybe paying for their grocery bill. 
You want some encouragement in your life? Who have you encouraged? I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Sowing significant seeds in a life is not dependent upon our resources, but his. It's what we do with our resources that releases his. It's great to have an abundant fruit. It's great to have fruit. It's great to have an abundance of fruit. But you want fruit that lasts, lasts for an eternity? then it's got to go through you. It can't stay in you. We have the capacity to meet so many needs as a church, in our community, in our families, with our friends and the people that we're working with and maybe going to school with. We have a great capacity to do that. But it depends upon what we do with the resources that we've already got as to the effect and the far-reaching capacity that God can bring through that see this is just a a simple illustration do you tithe because if you can't give the 10 percent, what are you going to do with 100 percent that's not given away not you know what, what are we hanging on to do we really trust god in this do we trust god with the 90 percent or ourselves with 100 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 9 says this. Remember this. Everyone say, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I I don't want to force you to do anything. It's up to you. You've got to move as you feel the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. Don't tithe just because I've I've made an illustration about what you're going to do with the 100% that you can control or the 90% that God's going to bless. God will will generously provide all you need. God will provide everything you need generously. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Listen to this. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Sounds like lasting fruit. Sounds like lasting fruit. That their good, something that someone did for me is going to be remembered forever. It's a a fruit that's not going to spoil I can reach out. You know, one of the reasons I, I became a police officer when I first, uh, when my first job was because a police officer helped me. And I thought that what he'd done for me, I wanted to replicate through my life. As a Christian, I want to do things for people because I've seen that God has done that for me and I want to see that happen in someone else's life. Fruit that doesn't spoil, it's lasting fruit. It's a significant fruit. It spills over in abundance to the lives of those around us because we made a decision to release what we've got so that God can put through us what he's got. 
It's this whole thing that uh, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus loves us so much. He gave us everything so that we live forever with him. Who else needs to hear that message of good news? And it's not preaching to them. It's simple acts of love and kindness that is going to win the day. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Jesus wants us to produce significant fruit in the lives of others. And as we step out in faith, in the freedom that he's provided to produce a fruit that lasts. We are a people that's been chosen. So that today in our time, we'll use what he's provided and what we ask for to get the job done. See, a resurrection life is living in faith every day, it's living in freedom every day, and it's living in fruitfulness every day. We are to produce sanctified fruit, a seasoned fruit, and a significant fruit. I hope you've heard my heart this morning. Because I believe that God wants to use every single one of you. You've been chosen. You've been appointed for a time. Today is the day. And he's going to give you everything you need to get the job done. So can we stand this morning? I just feel like we need to pray for some people today. Can I just encourage you, these sermon notes, read them during the week. Like all the questions I've asked in there, I don't think I've mentioned in the, in the, in the message this morning. So have a look over the questions. Just, just drill down on what maybe God's saying to you. you know, like, why do you believe what you believe? Just, just drill down on it and ask God, say, God, what are you saying to me as a result of this scripture that I'm reading? Do, how do I apply this scripture to my life? How do I outwork this scripture? How do I apply it? How, how can I reach out to someone around about me with this, this message that you've given me? You know, I, I, as I was praying about this, there's, there's three specific things I want to pray for this morning. Number one is where you've been hurt by others in your past and you find it hard to trust and love others. I believe that God wants you to forgive them and to trust in him and you hand that, those people over to uh, to God all you need to do is pray the second thing is I, I, I want to pray for provision resources that <clears throat> we're not like baseball players we're not like major league baseball players major league baseball players when they take a hold of the bat as they go up to, for their innings they actually get this tacky stuff on their hands and on their gloves so that they don't let go of the, the bat. It's a sticky substance that they put on their hands so that when they, they take a swing, because they swing with such force, that the bat is not just flying off into the, to the crowd. Now, it does happen sometimes, but that's probably because they didn't put the tacky stuff on. But, but I believe that God wants us to have slick hands so that whatever comes into our life, we don't hang on too tightly. We, we, we just allow God to, to flow through our lives. And we, we say, God, you know, as you've given to me, I'm going to give to others. This is the whole thing that I, I believe that uh, the next message I'm going to, in this series is, is going to be living in fullness every day. It's about sowing and reaping. It's about allowing the Spirit of God to flow through me and into other people. Because God wants us to have a harvest that is pressed down, shaken together and running over. 
That's an exciting life. That's a resurrection life. It's a life of fullness. It's a, like an abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'll get back to this. Also, the third thing I want to pray for this morning is healing. Is healing. I believe that God wants to heal people this morning. I believe that God wants to heal people this morning. I believe that God wants to heal, heal, H-E-A-L, not H-E-E-L, heal people today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for your people. I thank you for the openness of their spirit. I thank you for the openness of their hearts, the openness of their minds. And as, as I've spoken, I know that you're taking this word and you're, you're putting it deep into the hearts of people today. And it's going to quicken us and stir us in some areas. And I pray and release the effects and the results of this message into you. I've done what you've asked me to do. I've released this message in the best way I know how. Holy Spirit, use this word right now to bring about a significant fruit in the lives of people. And I ask you, Lord God, that this, this word, the, the, the gifts, the abilities you've placed on all of our lives would flow through us. We release what you've put into our hands so that we can bless others. We're not the Dead Sea. Things flow through us. We are not the Dead Sea. They will flow through us. There's freely we have received, freely we give. The more that we give, the more you give. So, Father, I thank you that right now that you just speak to people about provision, about uh, forgiving others, about release, releasing forgiveness into the lives of others. I pray for healing this morning in the name of Jesus. If, if, if any of those areas have just spoken to you, I just would encourage you to come out. I'd love to pray with you. Uh, we're going to have a time of prayer as the team just uh, plays a song. Uh, if you would like prayer, come out the front. There's a whole heap of people that love to pray with you and believe for a breakthrough in your world. So if you want some prayer this morning, just come out now. Uh, I don't want to uh, make it too long or, or whatever. I just want to encourage you to come out and allow the Spirit of God just to speak to you and, and to touch and fill you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit. Just reach out your hands to the folks that have come out now. Just reach out your hands. Reach out your hands. In Jesus' name. Release the anointing of your Spirit, Lord, right now. Release the anointing of your Spirit. Release your goodness. Release your power. Release your breakthrough. Release your answers, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Would you release the answers. Release your power. Release your goodness, Lord. Release your goodness in Jesus' name. Release your goodness, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Release your goodness.